1: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
0: Hey everyone, before we get started, uh, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire And tricks on top of that will help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other listing platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. That's $15 a month. So, whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance in the program is limited, so get your application in today. Just go to bwhustle.com slash join to apply. Check out the description box for this episode uh, to find out more information, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. The Arizona Cardinals select.
1: Kyler Murray and the 2019 Offensive Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's Most Valuable Player, Lamar Jackson.
0: <laughs> He's holding himself. He to back and Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Poutine. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs our Super Bowl champions here. guys, welcome back to Establish the Pass Past Podcast. Put it by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I am your host, Blake Level. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we are back here to talk uh, off season in the NFL. Uh, Dylan, we, uh, you know, took a little detour here over the past uh, couple weeks as uh, we decided to not just talk about what was going on in the NFL. We decided to actually go to the source uh, with uh, talking to uh, Pat Ricard of the Ravens. We talked to Darren Waller of the Raiders, and uh, now back to uh, our episodes here as we just kind of look at uh, some of the different things going on around the NFL, and as we always say, uh, never lacking interest or entertainment value in the NFL offseason.
1: No, absolutely not. There's still a lot happening. It, did, it was kind of nice to have a couple of weeks there, still getting that content out on the podcast, but... In terms of us like really following all the storylines like we usually do, it was nice to have a little bit of a, a breather there after the <laughs> just full on from you know the off uh, you know before last season for how many months and months going up to the Super Bowl. So still good stuff, but yeah, now we're back to these. We'll still try to get on a few more uh, players, but yeah, a lot of a lot of things to talk about in terms of. What's going on right now? Things will re- really ramp up, obviously, with free agency starting in just over two weeks. I think it's about uh, two, uh, like two weeks and a few days. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of still rumors, still some other free agent guys, a lot of trades that could be agreed to. Obviously, there's a lot of trades, or one big one in particular that has happened since we've last really talked about anything uh, with all the storylines in the NFL. So. Yeah, still good stuff here, and then you yeah, have a draft after that. It's gonna be it's gonna get busy real real quick again, Blake.
0: <laughs> yes, it always does. Um, and you know, as we always laugh about, uh, I'm sure, as we're recording, there will be some NFL breaking news that we will have to talk about as usual. So let's see if that happens throughout the course of this podcast. But uh, there was some breaking news uh, about a week ago or so, and uh, as you know, we we took you know our our normal early week episode. Uh, off but uh we did want to discuss this one because uh, this was certainly a a significant trade a team we've talked about uh, a lot this uh, off season wondering what they were going to do at quarterback uh well, both teams actually when you think mm-hmm. about it the Philadelphia Eagles and the Indianapolis Colts and uh, of course by now you know that uh, Carson Wentz is a member of the Colts because uh, he was traded there and uh that sets up uh, quite an interesting Situation, Uh, Phillip Rivers retired, Carson Wentz moves in. Uh, Now for the Eagles, Jalen Hurts uh, seemingly becomes the guy. All sorts of uh, madness here uh, with the uh, Eagles and the Colts. But I think we sort of said if you had to look around and say what makes the most sense for Carson Wentz, that was a spot that just, you know, made too much sense really when you think about it. Um, And in terms of what the quarterback situation was there, we said Matthew Stafford could be a potential spot for him, but he goes to the Rams Now Wentz is with the Colts, um, and uh, that sets up a pretty interesting dynamic here heading into the future for really both the Colts and the Eagles.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, just the first thought I had when I heard about this trade was that the winner, definitely in my mind, and this is not exactly an uncommon uh, thought is Carson Wentz. Like, yep. I don't know if you could say uh, the Eagles. I'm sure uh, not exactly pleased. I, I believe we did have an article running ClutchPoints.com. It was Tim McManus talking about how they were not thrilled with the package they got in return. There, uh, you know, early in the uh, when the Wentz trade discussions and rumors started kind of firing away. I believe they wanted like a couple first-round picks. They were trying to get what <laughs> the Lions got for Stafford, which was just yeah. never. Never gonna happen. I know he's younger, but the contract is still huge. And based on the you know what we saw on tape last season, it's not like uh, he really encouraged anyone that he was gonna be able to make a huge turnaround. I do think though, with all of the weapons he has in uh, in Indianapolis, obviously there are some stats that are a little concerning. Though, even though the you know we talked about the uh, Colts offensive line being amazing, they're one of the best run blocking offensive lines. Pass blocking, they were. Back towards the middle of the road, they're really close to what Philly was last year. I do believe um, a bit more though, obviously in what Frank Reich and that this whole Colts organization has been doing with the op- you know the situation they're able to put Philip Rivers into last season. I do think they'll be able to figure it out. Obviously, they have a, the the pass together with Wentz, and if anyone's going to be able to help him. Uh, you know, get back to I don't think you can possibly expect him to be an MVP candidate again. But if he can at least be a top 12, 13, 14 quarterback, that should be enough with this Colts roster to contend, possibly win that division and uh, do further things. And for the Eagles, yeah, I mean, it's funny because I think that was probably the last time we were uh, talking about these kind of headlines was not long after they hired Nick Sirianni and he had the press conference kind of playing it mom on the whole quarterback thing and complimenting both guys. And it's, it was just so obvious at the time, not, you know, obviously he's not going to say anything, but it was very clear. Even then after Doug Peterson was gone, it still felt like Wentz was going to be traded and sure enough, here we are. And it sounds like the Colts are really the only team that was that interested in him. And that's why they, you know, they stuck to the the offer they made originally Chris Ballard. You talk about a guy that gets value out of his draft picks or at the you know, just someone that really, you know, if he's not going to overpay. He didn't overpay in, in his mind for what he could have done to get uh, Matthew Stafford because they are obviously in that conversation. And, and in this case, his first offer, he stuck with it and ended up being enough. So, I mean, you, no matter what happens in 2021 for the Colts, we'll see if the quarterback situation works out. But they're still in such a good spot just based on how they've built the foundation there. Um, but, yeah, again, I think Wentz is <laughs> probably the guy – uh, the, the one true winner when you, you know, you talk about biggest winners between the two teams. I really think he's the one that sticks out. You could not have for him. I can't really think of any other uh, spot uh, out there for a team that was looking for a quarterback where he has the best chance to succeed moving forward.
0: What do we think this does for the Colts in terms of like, if we put them in a range with all of these other contenders in the AFC, like is, is it significant enough to, mm. let's say, because I think the AFC South, which, again, the, the division of our podcast, yeah. like, we know the <laughs> AFC South year in and year out, is it's impossible. Like, I mean, we feel pretty good that the Texans are probably not going to be there near the top, but, you know, the Jags are going to start making moves, I would assume, if they get Trevor Lawrence and, you know, Urban Meyer. I don't know what they're going to do there, mm-hmm. but you assume the Jags are going to get better. The Titans have been right there, um, and then you've got the Colts. So I guess the question is, you know, we're, what does this do, let's say, in relation to what we saw from Philip Rivers last year? Obviously, Rivers was mm-hmm. just sort of a short-term stopgap. Like, we knew he wasn't going to be there five years or anything. But for, for the Colts, if you're looking ahead and trying to envision, you know, what's, what's the two- or three-year outlook you think for the Colts? Now, certainly it depends on a lot of other moves, too. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, that's a hard one to figure out for me is I don't know exactly – how much further maybe he pushes them ahead. And maybe that's not just his fault. Like there are other areas that probably still need to be addressed. There are certain things they can fix, but um, I'm just curious kind of maybe what what kind of leap the Colts could take now with him potentially.
1: Uh, yeah, I think it's a risk for sure. I do think, I mean, as much as I'm talking about this foundation that they've built, it's not like, it's not, you know, it's really different than other sports. I, I think of like baseball where you can build a foundation with a roster and you can kind of, if you have the right culture and the right minor league system and everything kind of works together, you can extend your window so long if you if you do it right. It's not easy, but you can. And I just, in football, you can have the right process, but the, the turnover rate and just the rate of guys' careers is so, so much faster. And obviously there's no one player that can impact the game in baseball or, or many other sports, maybe basketball, quite like a like a quarterback. So it's a, it's a risk for sure. Like I, I'm a little, you know, like they have, again, this foundation's great, but it's not going to be around forever. Like even if they, they really have to keep drafting, it's really hard to keep drafting and hitting in later rounds and getting so much value out of picks. Like they're able to do with the Sam Darnold trade, you know, hitting with the Quentin Nelson pick and all the other picks they've gotten since out of those guys, Uh, obviously even trading the first round for DeForest Buckner. And you saw how important he was to their defense last year. I just worry that, you know, it's a risk. Like, if, yeah, if they're able to fix some of the issues with Wentz's accuracy and just his mindset, it feels like at some times he still has great athleticism. But, I mean, he's obviously gone through so many injuries. And there's, it seems like at certain points watching him last year, there was like a mental kind of, uh, you know, barrier that had arisen from some of the issues with the Eagles in the past and a lack of weapons. If he does not overcome those and become, kind of the level like we knew with Philip, what we were getting. Like, you know, we knew we weren't getting Phillip rivers when he was one of the top five or six passing yard kind of quarterbacks in the NFL for so many years, but we knew kind of what to expect and what he could do for the Colts last year. It's such a, it's such a different circumstance. Now it's not like they can't, you know, adjust on the fly if Wentz doesn't work out this year, they still could with, with his contract. I, I don't think it's insane to look at if they had to move on from him after this season, Um, In the year after that, and they could try to look at go a different route with all the resources resources they have at quarterback. But yeah, I I have I do have concerns that it's not enough to take them over the top. Like you're kind of saying, uh, you know, compared to what we think of the Chiefs and what we think of the Bills, what they're doing, and so many teams, the Ravens. I mean, there's so many good teams in the AFC. It's a real and the division itself. The Titans aren't going anywhere at this point. Like they still have a really solid roster. We'll see. Yeah, like you're saying with the Jaguars. Uh luckily they have the Texans in there, but <laughs> uh, and we'll see what happens with Deshaun. And, but uh, yeah, man, I am, I am definitely concerned about where, if this is going to end up being something that this experiment or this, you know, this risk ends up costing them long-term in terms of, uh, you know, it, it's great. Like I do, I do think. It is, you know, bet, probably a better idea to, if you can, to build this great foundation. Then find the quarterback. Uh, the Chiefs kind of did that. You know, they had Alex Smith who played quite well, but they built this kind of foundation around the roster. So that when Mahomes filled, like, you know stepped in, obviously Patrick's ridiculous. But regardless, like they did, they did kind of build up a great uh, roster there first. I like that approach from the Colts, but I am concerned that it's just if they can't figure out the quarterback position in, in time it's going to end up being you know they're all going to have to keep drafting these guys but then these guys are going to be you know past their primes it's really hard to keep paying guys and keep the kind of cap space that the Colts have they're they're still in a good spot but uh clearly yeah I'm, I'm just not sold that Wentz was like the number one with all these quarterbacks that are available I don't know how available Sam Darnold is and there's a whole different conversation I don't know we'll talk about Mariota coming up a little bit but there's just and just all the guys in the draft there's so many different ways the Colts could have gone Um, So I I really hope for their sake, because I I do really enjoy watching them. I really enjoyed watching them play this last season. And obviously Wentz was so much fun to watch in 2017 and before he got hurt in 2018 uh, again. So, yeah, I mean, I hope it works, but it's definitely I'm not it's it's not like it's not like Philip it's a one year thing. It is a little more long term and it it could end up costing them uh, with this great roster that they have.
0: Yeah, I think we're probably having a different conversation if it's Stafford um in terms yeah. of maybe how we view the Colts and, and I mean, you know, like this is the roster, I mean, man, like Jonathan Taylor, you know, even Naheem Hines, like he really became someone they could use in a lot of different ways. If you look at their receivers, Michael Pittman obviously is a is a future star, I think. Um, you know, T Y Hilton even I mean he even bounced back and had a pretty good season um, you know, after dealing with injuries and all that. So yeah, like the roster's like it's pretty good. So yeah. i I'm curious to see kinda of how that works out for the Colts uh, here moving forward in terms of uh, what the impact is uh, from Carson Wentz and, and whether or not maybe we're having a, an, you know, the same discussion a year from now in terms of the Colts uh, moving in a different direction. But uh, we'll see how that works out. But speaking of quarterbacks, uh, boy, we love talking about quarterbacks. That's uh, everybody. That's all we talk about, it seems like, in the offseason, at least at this part, is uh, what's the situation in quarterback? Well, for the Raiders, uh, we did talk to Darren Waller, and uh, as we know, he's a Derek Carr guy. Uh, and it seems like, at least at this point, the Raiders are also a Derek Carr guy. So um, that that's probably a positive, uh, as one of the recent reports was, um, in terms of the potential trade discussions for the Raiders um, it seems like that they are not really entertaining those anymore and that uh, more than likely uh, the trade discussions revolving, uh, involving a, a Raiders quarterback is going to be surrounding Marcus Mariota. Uh, who we know has been the backup there and uh, really just, you know, has not really done a whole lot since being the the starter for the Titans several seasons ago. Um, So interesting situation, dynamic for the Raiders. It seems like we've been talking about, well, the Raiders are going to get rid of Derek Carr for about 18 years now. Um, Well, he's still there, and it seems (laughs) like they still feel pretty good about it. Uh, So uh, that's another one, I guess, that's at least uh, worth watching.
1: Yeah, the, uh, Adam Kaplan, I believe, was it was from ESPN that was talking about this with the report of how they're not uh, pursuing a trade or entertaining any uh, calls for Derek Carr, whereas last year at this time, that was another thing he added, was that, that he was very much available. That it's, it's crazy how quickly things can change. That is the NFL for you. Maybe this time next year we'll have a different conversation. But, yeah, it sounds like they're closer to getting an extension for him. I mentioned when we talked to – Darren, that, you know, how high Derek Carr is ranked in Football Outsiders, kind of like, you know, advanced stats. He's seventh in DYAR, which is their DVOA stat for an individual player. I mean, he was right there behind guys like Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson. Like, he was, I, they, they were great on offense. I mean, the, the issue, as, we, as we've talked about with the Raiders, is very much not their ability to score. It is their other side of the ball where they've just been so bad. So I don't blame them for this. I you know, you could still talk about what what is the ceiling for the Raiders offense with Derek Carr, but I don't know what's better out there. You don't just get a guy that's kind of in this range. It's it's really hard. <laughs> there's teams there's plenty of quarterbacks that have been playing for a long time that are not cracking into that uh, upper echelon like that matching up statistically with those kind of players. So, I mean, yes, they have a, a good foundation. I did like you know, we saw Briefly, what Mariota could do, and that offense and that game against the Chargers nearly led them to a, a victory. Probably, you know, with a little bit different play calling in the red zone at the end of that game, he probably does get the win. And that was something that Adam Kaplan talked about too, was that even though the, the tape was limited, it was impressive. It did look like there was something more than maybe what we saw from Mariota in Tennessee, um, and, and especially in terms of his just accuracy, deeper kind of passes. You uh, didn't throw a ton, but nonetheless. Uh, definitely looked more confident in, at times that we've seen him in the past it, it's funny to think about though how Tennessee was able to make Brian Tannehill from what he was in Miami to what he's there now but that just you know it just was time I think for him to move on and now I think about Mariota in terms of I, I would have been intrigued by the idea of him playing uh, in Vegas but obviously there's no place for him to do so if Derek plays like this so well, in turn, you know, we started to think about places he could go. Again, I thought the Colts could have been an interesting uh, uh, destination. Other ones that maybe were that I thought about before, something we'll get to in a bit about Big Ben. I thought the Steelers maybe could have been interesting with him. Uh, another one that's been commonly thrown out there is the Bears um in terms of you know you get some of the good things (laughs) about Mitch Trubisky in terms of his ability to to scramble make plays in the pocket breaks down which is going to still be probably an issue for Chicago and who knows what the weapons are going to be if they lose Allen Robinson but then you take away some of the (laughs) the issues with Mitch a little more with with Marcus I don't know if it's really a huge solution but in terms of landing spots that could be a good one another one uh that Denver maybe and and they have a team that they feel clearly that they are not that far away from competing although it does appear that they are done with the Drew Locke experiment after just two years so maybe he could fit in there Um, but I I do think the Raiders can get I mean it ended up being a a pretty savvy and it made sense even when they when they signed him I mean it's not like (laughs) there's a lot of teams that have backup quarterbacks and I just wonder like you know if the starter I know you never want to anticipate that your top starter gets hurt but it's like you can't let everything completely go down I thought the Raiders did a good job they paid a little more for Mariota but it gave them that insurance for and that's the reason they almost won that game against the Chargers and uh, now they're going to possibly get a a decent draft pick out of that signing so it ends up paying off for them and hopefully for Marcus he gets another chance to be the, the starting quarterback here and see if he can have a better go at it than he did in Tennessee.
0: Well, you mentioned Big Ben and we'll just stay on the quarterback theme here before we talk about a couple, uh, star players at other positions. But, uh, I mean, you know, the Steelers have pretty much said we're, we're committed to him. He's coming back. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's a huge surprise at all, just based on how this past season played out. Um, you know, I, I think everyone, I'm sure they were disappointed in terms of how the season ended, yeah. but like, for the most part, as we said, I mean, when it was at one point, this team was whatever they were, like, they were the only undefeated team in the league, and, um, yeah. you know, it's, I think at that, you know, just seeing how they, what they did early in the season, I mean, you can see, like, they they did some things really well, and they, they did some good things on offense, um, yeah. and, you know, if you just look at his numbers, like they had 33 touchdowns, um, he only had 10 interceptions, I mean, I, you know, he still played pretty well, and so, mm-hmm. I, I can't say that's a surprise at all. I think just for the Steelers, you know, I don't know. Like the defense was probably not as good as we thought it would be um, at times. But still, like, the offense, it still feels like they're missing something. And I don't know if that's just, you know, a consistent running game. Yeah. Um, if it's beyond that. Because, like, Deontay Johnson, like, really good. Like, I mean, he just he had, like, a breakout season. You feel like they've got some things to work with there. But – yeah. Um it, there's just there there's still something missing and and I honestly like I don't know that it's at the quarterback position I I just think there's maybe a little bit more to it than that
1: yeah, 100%. I the run game for them is as you mentioned. I think that is like a such a huge thing when you have a, a quarterback that you know with obviously much different guy at this point in his career. But Big Ben success early in his career. Obviously, they're able to run the ball so well in those early days of his career. And just any any quarterback, you see what the, when the Bucks are able to run the ball really well, what how much that helped their play action game and just overall as a team uh, moving the football. It makes a big difference. And yeah, in terms of their offense, that's definitely the biggest weakness. Defense. Obviously, they're so sound special teams wise. I mean, they're still a, it's not like this wasn't this team didn't go 11 and five last year. Like they're still or 12 and four. One of the, I mean, they're still really good. And I know that the, the Cleveland game was kind of crazy and it was crazy. Like it, if you play, if they played each other 10 times, I, I think the Steelers with their starters in probably win at least six of those. Um, I, I think, you know, you saw the rest of the game, obviously, the Browns. Kind of sat back a bit, but Big Ben was picking them apart and ended up with however many 500 yards. Um, I liked how he adjusted they adjusted as an offense with uh, their play calling and and was impressive his throwing in that Colts game. And talked about that at the time, just in terms of their ability to to kind of you know make plays down the field that we had not seen throughout the season. And he still sees the field. We don't you know it's fun to talk about all the, the things that Philip Rivers calling out defensive coverages before they happen and really knowing what's happening big ben maybe doesn't get as much credit for his football iq and what he's been able to do for his whole career and that thing that happened in that colts game was really him and you know obviously they moved on from their offensive coordinator we'll see who they bring you know if the the success here moves forward with ben and i uh, i you know it shouldn't take him to have to to really make that change but maybe they'll make a difference as you say the run game will help a bit. I It's still, though, it's it kind of feels like kicking the can down the road in terms of maybe a little bit what we saw last year with New Orleans. It's a very different case, but like they they thought they were going to be moving on from their longtime franchise quarterback, ends up coming back, ends up possibly costing them their chance to get Tom Brady in New Orleans. But I don't know. There's no one quite like that available for, uh, for Pittsburgh to move on to. So I don't think it's a huge cost. But, yeah, it's still – it's it's, again, the AFC is just really deep. Their division's really deep. Uh, And if the Bengals uh, take a step forward, if Joe can stay healthy the whole season, uh, they they drafted pretty well. They got a lot of usage out of the rookies, even outside of Joe last year. We'll see what they're able to do in Cincinnati. Obviously we know what Cleveland and Baltimore are. So it's, I mean, that's what you're up against. That's the, that's the tough part. It's like, they they can still be good and you could be good and still not make the playoffs in that division. Like it's, it's going to be tough. The extra playoff spot does help. And does it make you a difference maker over anyone else? I just don't really know if Pittsburgh had anything better. And I, again, it was, I, you know, before the season, given what happened in 2019 with Ben, I was concerned about his longevity. And if anything, it's, it felt like, some of the things they were able to make down the down the stretch were even better uh he he definitely impressed with his ability to kind of you know did have some pretty ugly picks in that in that Brown's playoff game but overall I didn't think he you know he was able to withstand the season better than I maybe anticipated and uh again yeah just don't know if there's any if there's anything else that would have been really better for them at this point it's um uh, whether that means that the Steelers are going to make it to the Super Bowl—that's a different question. That it's you know there's a reason only two teams make it. It's, it's really really damn hard. So yeah,
0: not easy to do. Um, you know, one team that, that tried to make the Super Bowl and saw that it wasn't easy to do was the Green Bay Packers. And uh, Dylan, we'd like to go ahead and, and welcome uh, Aaron Jones to the uh, Miami Dolphins. He is uh, you know <laughs> going to be joining. <laughs> oh, we're just kidding. Uh, but that is that is the rumor. Is that uh, there is mutual interest between uh, Aaron Jones and the mm-hmm. Miami Dolphins. So there, there's another one to like, you know, I, and you, t- you said it before we started recording, like there's going to be a lot of interest in this guy because of what he's done um, in Green yeah. Bay. I mean, we've really just, I mean, you look at what he's done since he's been there, but I think specifically if you look at the past couple of seasons, um, all the success they've had, yes, Aaron Rodgers has certainly been a big part of that Devontae Adams, but like Aaron Jones has been, he's been important. Like he's been an important part of what they've done there um, and so, you know, should this happen, if this is a possibility, um, this would be certainly significant for the Dolphins because they had a lot of injury issues, as we know, last season at the running back position, um, you know, and, and came so close to making the playoffs. I think adding someone like this to the mix, um, even though we don't know exactly what we're going to get from the quarterback position just yet. But I think, you know, if this, if they were to pull this off and get Aaron Jones, that would, that would be a huge boost for the Dolphins.
1: Yeah, given where their defense is, I, I do think, you know, in terms of free agency, loading up more on offense makes sense. The quarterback conversation is a maybe a bigger part of what will ultimately determine what happens with the Dolphins. Um, I do wonder, I mean, running back, as we've talked about, a position that uh, there's a reason that some of these guys don't get paid as much as they used to. There's just a lot of really good running backs out there. I would argue, though, Aaron Jones is a little bit different than that. I mean, Miles Gaskin did fill in really well, was a great – receiving running back I really loved having him on my fantasy teams but uh or on one of my fantasy teams but yeah I just Aaron Jones does bring an element that is explosiveness his ability yeah yeah obviously in terms of uh his in the past game but he's I mean he's just a great runner between the tackles as well maybe he doesn't get as much credit just because of how quick he is and how you see his ability on the edge when, and when he gets in the open field he he's just a really strong player. Definitely would help them. I feel like would help too. Would have that kind of safety net. But again, I, they have Miles Gaskin. They have they've he's proven to be you know really explosive when he's on the field. I just I you know they could also draft some a running back in the in the earlier rounds. They do have a, still a ton of picks. I just think the Dolphins are in a place where maybe their their cap space makes sense to spend it in other spots of the roster to really bolster that team and uh, take that next step as you're, as you're talking about, yeah, just barely missing the playoffs, still 10 and six, given where this team was two years ago, it's, it's been a a great turnaround. I still feel confident no matter what happens in terms of Aaron Jones with, what Brian Flores is building there. But if they do have him, I don't think it's going to, you know, maybe they do allocate those resources there and decide it's the best uh, idea for them. And it it does help to have all the cap space that the teams like the Dolphins have at this point, one of the few with a quite a bit of space there. So, uh, man it, it would be fun to watch him but for the Packers yeah I don't know that their, their situation not one of the worst cap situations in terms of what they're going to have to do to restructure deals I think they already have done a bit of that to create some space uh, but uh, you know they drafted AJ Dillon last year they still have Jamal Williams and I i don't know if he needs a qualifying offer but nonetheless they have they you know they have kind of a, a situation there where it's probably they're going to have to let him move on it it sucks I Maybe he's just not quite on the Alvin Kamara level, um, but I think Aaron Jones still an amazing football player. Obviously, we talk about fantasy a lot, but just in terms of, on, on the field itself I wouldn't hold against him what some of the some of the things that happened in that NFC title game he just had a fantastic season he's been fantastic since he came in the NFL and wherever he ends up I don't know you know there's a lot of teams I think that will have interest in him so it'll be interesting to see what the final uh, the final price point is whether it's Miami or somewhere else
0: yep he'll help make someone uh a contender if they're not already um or you know he could be something that pushes one of these teams maybe into the Super Bowl conversation so we'll see where he lands, but uh, Dylan, the other one of note here, um, as of right now, as we said, this is kind of, you know, the, the calm before things really start to pick up yeah. <laughs> in the uh, NFL offseason, but the other one, uh, I thought a pretty interesting interview uh, Chris Godwin had on the Pat McAfee show, talking about um, how he wanted to certainly, you know, stick with the Bucks. he just won a Super Bowl there. Um, but he also likes, you know, anyone else wants to get paid and, uh, he wants to get and get paid what he's worth. And, um, I think that was one of the things that he pretty much stressed, um, in yeah. this was being able to say, you know, you know, you want to get paid, you want to be able to, to take care of your family. You want to get paid what you think you're worth. And especially after the season he had, you know, obviously even go back to last season, um, he's become one of the better wide receivers in the NFL, and again just won a Super Bowl so I think that's going to be an interesting situation to watch um, knowing you know the potential you know maybe it's a franchise tax situation um, who really knows what happens here but uh, I mean you know as of right now if we had to make a bowl prediction I think we'd say he's probably staying with the Bucks. but um, you know I think that crazier things have happened and knowing you know again I mean this is someone that's in the prime of his career right now, and he's going to get a lot of opportunities if he wants it. Um, So I think that's another interesting one to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, I think ultimately he'll end up staying, whether it be with an extension or – Maybe more likely the franchise tag, just because uh, his, his importance to, to Tampa became very evident down the stretch and in the playoffs. Made some huge plays. We know how good he's been for years uh, following the Bucks, even before this rise this past season. But like you're saying, like, he definitely deserves a, a contract, a long-term contract somewhere to where he's uh, has you know secured with a lot of uh, a lot of money in terms of obviously some guys at this point in their career you're definitely looking for a deal with compared to other sports where you're not guaranteed as much money I think hopefully Godwin's able to get quite a bit um whether that's in Tampa though like I'm saying I, I think they'll I don't know how they're going to let him go and uh I, they I but they have a lot of guys to keep there's a lot of guys you could argue on defense that they're going to have to franchise sag if they can't get an extension that's that's a good problem as it's why they won the Super Bowl this, is, this wasn't as much as we and should uh credit Tom Brady this roster had a ton of talent on both sides of the football and a lot of guys that are deserved to be paid and there are franchises with more a lot more cap space a lot more financial flexibility uh, the buzzword there uh, than the bucks um, so you know where he ends up in terms of I think we just talked about a team that could make a lot of sense in terms of the, the Dolphins, their I think their third best receiver last year in terms of receiving yards was Miles Gaskin. and I know obviously they had injury issues. Uh, uh, receiver uh, uh, still uh, Devonte Parker stayed on the field mostly, but Preston Williams obviously missing a lot of time. Mike Kosecki pl- played pretty well, but still had some injuries here and there. We'll see if they draft a the quarterback or uh, sorry receiver they with their with their top pick they could get a Jamar Chase a Devonta Freeman. So they, I mean they have options, but that's one team that maybe where I think about where the, they allocate their their space it could make sense. But well, yeah, we'll see if the Bucks uh, if the Bucks let them get away. It's just again with them they have they have a lot of work to do. It's gonna be I, I know it was all fun at the at the parade and the the little like <laughs> ceremony after where Bruce Arians kept saying you know you're coming back you're coming back to all these guys, but you know. Jason Light looks at the the cap sheet and looks at everything he's going to have to fit. Uh, Obviously, the cap a little bit higher than maybe what teams anticipated uh, going into this uh, before last season, ahead of this season in terms of the pandemic. It looks like it'll just be like a seven million more than what they're originally projecting. So that will help. Uh, But it's still it's still something that's going to play a role and they'll they'll be able to get a lot of these guys back. Um, And they do have a lot of talent at receiver. It's just, man, it's it's hard to, to think about and Godwin's just so young too. I mean, yeah. he's like it's not like he's like he's he's been around for a long time. He's still I mean, he and if, by the time you listen to this podcast he might have had his 25th birthday, but still 25 years old going into the next season. Uh it's it's crazy. He, I, it feels like he's been around for so long. He's done so much already in his career. Wherever he ends up, he'll be successful. But I know, I know, it's yeah, it's that conundrum. Like you, a lot of guys want to stay in places uh, that you know that they've grown up in. But at a certain point, you have to you know possibly move on if the if the you want to be paid what you're really worth. That's why they have a, a salary cap in the NFL. That's why they make it so hard to be good for years and years and years. It's not easy. They want it to be as even as possible. Uh, so. We'll see what happens, man. I whoever gets him, obviously, will be very happy. I, I, I do just hope for it'll be fun to see the Bucks be able to run it back with him, but that will probably come at the cost of uh, losing someone else. So,
0: yeah, happy early birthday to Chris Godwin. He, like you said, he's going to turn twenty-five on the twenty-seventh. So, unreal that this guy is um, sitting here at twenty-four years old, and uh, yeah, he's he's really good. So, um, he's another one to, to certainly uh look at heading into uh, this off season but uh Dylan before we wrap up uh, quickly we're going to going to continue to play this game until he actually signs somewhere but um JJ Watt as of right now <laughs> your prediction where where is he going to land because i we are we're going to uh, play this game in every episode until this guy decides to sign somewhere
1: i feel like i've seen like every there's been like 10 teams that have been rumored uh, that that I, I don't know, man. Like in terms of where I think you'll sign and where I think that would be the most fun, it, it's hard to say where where I think he will at this point. It feels like he's still pretty up in the air. I know in terms of uh, it would be really fun to see him in Cleveland. That's been one of the rumored teams. Uh The Bills as well. The Packers have come up, obviously from Wisconsin. They have the ties there. Steelers that he wants to play with his brothers. So. I <laughs> Those are the. uh, I'm not really doing a good job of narrowing it down. If I had to pick one, just for my own, maybe partial biases, um, ish. I'm not. I know more of a. uh, Been a Bills on the Bills uh, bandwagon for a while, but I'll go with the Browns. I just feel like that would be really fun to see him. Him and Miles Garrett lined up there on the same defensive line. If their secondary gets healthier, we know what their offense is able to do. I think that could be a a big piece for Cleveland, a team that, yes, uh, you know, at this point has a lot of talent, but still. I think defensively needs to shore up some things and I would give J.J. I still think, you know, I don't think it's uh, uh, crazy to think the Browns will be right there back in the playoff picture. So uh, I think he gives them a good combination of a team that can probably offer enough money and also give him a chance to contend, which I'm sure he wants to do at this point in his career.
0: Well, I think that's a, yeah, that's a good option. Um, I think the Titans, that's one that I, I just find fascinating because. But yeah. Yeah, I definitely. Ju- I just want to see they can him use them. go up against the Texans. <laughs> like if the Texans trade Deshaun, um, I just I feel bad for whoever the quarterback is going to be because J.J. Wyatt, <laughs> if he signs with the Titans, he's going to come in there just trying to destroy. I think <laughs> I don't know, but um, that that's another one that I I find fascinating. If he were to stay in the division, um, and again I look I we, we say this, but. Like NFL players are competitive, and so um, you you can't say that these guys don't want to play their former teams and just go out and have a monster yeah. game. So um, mm-hmm. that I know that's not a big part of the equation, but like it's it's in the mind. Like I just want to want to say that like you know it is. So um, that that's another possible uh, opportunity there for him, but he'll have no shortage of suitors. That's for sure, and uh, that will be the same. For a lot of these guys, we talked about, and uh, we'll see what happens here as we go throughout the NFL offseason. But for now, Dylan, lots of great stuff over at Clutch Points uh, to get everybody uh, ready for this offseason in the NFL. Uh, lots of trade speculation, rumors, all that stuff. Uh, plus, uh, baseball will be starting again here soon. Basketball in the NBA in full swing, so lots of stuff happening over there.
1: Yeah, you can follow all of our NFL coverage. Yeah, a lot of a lot of free agent predictions. A lot of uh, you know best trade destination kind of stuff. We got predictions for each division coming up here uh, pretty shortly for the off season. So a lot of good stuff for the NFL that you can find in the clutch points app and at ClutchPoints.com. NBA. You can follow NBA games in there soon spring training. Yes. Only, only a few days until I think Sunday will be the first spring training game. So you can follow those Our our coverage of the MLB and all, all big sporting news. Uh, we have covered at clutchpoints.com in the app and as well on the, as the website.
0: Yep, check all that out at clutchpoints. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use. Uh, you can find us on there. And uh, thanks as always too to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all that they do. And thank you as always for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Established Bass Podcast.